Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, here we are a week after you did everything you could, Kevin, to try to root against the city of Tempe. You didn't believe in the squad that we had going out there. And I tried to warn all of Tempe was about to happen. We were, I told everyone we were going to go into Michigan State and shock the world. And Kevin, do you have anything to... I feel like you owe the fans of Tempe sports an apology, honestly. I do owe everybody an apology, especially the players. And actually, especially the offensive line. <laughs> Even though they didn't play great, uh, they played better than, than I suggested that they were going to play. Um, they hung in there. Uh, I guess a massive Michigan State defensive line. And, yeah, they should play pretty well. I mean, four sacks. They gave it four sacks and seven tackles for loss. But, I mean, we were honestly expecting the other way. Seven sacks and maybe, like, 14 tackles for loss. But, hey, we got the win. And we're. I just had to get that off my chest. I couldn't wait to say it. We kind of skipped the introduction. But, as always, I'm Bradley. And I'm here with Kevin. And he's just devastated because... I mean, this win came at a price because he was he was putting them on blast. But how do you feel now? The thing is, if you told me that ASU was going to score 10 points in this game, I would say we were going to lose by 20. Okay. But defense, again, played perfectly. Uh, I didn't expect that in Michigan State. Uh, but, yeah, can't complain about it. Even though I was wrong, I'm happy that I'm wrong. I said that last episode. I said, <laughs> I hope they proved me wrong, and they did. So, I mean, for those of you who didn't catch the game, it was probably the weirdest game you'll ever see. ASU was up 3-0, and that's what the score was until the fourth quarter. And then Michigan State came back, and they scored a touchdown, so we were down 7-3. to And then I think everyone in the city of Tempe thought that that was the game because we could not move the ball. We get fourth down. We throw a great 15-yard pass on fourth and eight uh, for a first down. And then, I mean, who do you think ran it in for the game-winning touchdown? Who else? Other than good old faithful Eno Benjamin, baby. And uh, we went up 10-7 with 50 seconds left. And then Lewerke drove down the field. And there was a questionable pass interference call. I'm not going to lie. The refs wanted to see us lose. But uh, then they hit Stewart on a 25-yard pass. And then here's where things just got the weirdest I've ever seen a game end. So it's 10-7 ASU's winning, right? Right, right, right. right. And then they kick a field goal. And they're already 0 for 2 on the, on the day for the field goal. So, I mean, no one misses a third field goal, which they did not. They hit the field goal. And then there's a flag on the play, and everyone's thinking, oh, look at that, like a little unsportsmanlike conduct. ASU's going to have about 11 seconds left to do something with the ball. But n- no. Instead, they're like, hey, let's review this play really quick, and we're going to call 12 men on the field. So there was 12 men on the field. They had to re-kick the ball from five yards deeper. And it was probably the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. And ASU won. Now, did you hear about how Michigan State should have had gotten another attempt? Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. You go 0 for 3 for field goals, I don't think you, you deserve, deserve another attempt. I mean, you had you got, chances. Yeah, you could say what you want. You're the 18th ranked team in the nation at home. You were outcoached by the Herm. That's basically what I saw. The Herm train, baby. Uh, that's exactly what I saw. The Herm train came to East Lansing and just ran right through it. 
He's a freight train. What are you supposed to do? You you can you can't stop Herm Edwards. You can only hope to contain him. Yeah, it's true. And now the Sun Devils are the 24th ranked team in the nation, baby. Give it up for that. Yep. Top 25 ranking, and uh, that's two straight years that we've been able to take down Michigan State as a ranked opponent. And I know that they don't like us because every time we do not handle it with grace, we go in there and we we let them know that we won. And if you like, you know, high scoring offenses are performing really well, you know, Big 12 or Pac-12 football, this really was not it's not the game for you. If you look at the offenses, both offenses were, in general, in a sense, terrible. Uh, I mean, but one Michigan State's quarterback had a QBR of 55, and Jay Daniels had a QBR of 59. Uh, all around, not a very good game. Both running backs, who are the stars of both teams, uh, only had... 72 yards and 38 yards. So, again, just defense is crazy good for Arizona State this year. And we can, we can finally say they're legit because and we watched Michigan State thump these other teams, and we saw their running back go off. And we were talking about how worried we were about how we weren't even going to be able to contain them, and they come in here and plop seven points on us, just like Kent State and Sacramento State. So I guess it's safe to say our defense has a bad habit of only letting up seven yeah. points. And in the fourth quarter. So. <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I mean... We're the only team this year to not allow any points until the fourth quarter. And we've only allowed a combined 21 points through three games. That's a touchdown per game, just in case anyone wasn't too sure about that. Just math there, yeah. Just basic math. But I mean, if you were to tell me Michigan State would have 404 yards and ASU would have 216 total yards, I would say, oh, we lost 28-7. to But then if you were to tell me that Michigan State had 10 penalties for 91 yards, I'd be like, huh. You're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance, and you're telling me that ASU, with a true freshman quarterback, against a Big Ten school on the road, a ranked Big Ten school on the road, had zero turnovers? Are you kidding me? Get out of town. Get out of town. That's zero turnovers, and the seasoned vet, Lewerke, lost a fumble, and that's huge. That gave us three points. So thank mm-hmm. you, Mr. Lewerke. Uh, we thank you for that. But the main thing was, I mean, uh, ASU did have... Seven penalties for 62 yards, but that's not as bad as 10 penalties for 91 yards. And if you saw the penalties, they were probably the worst time penalties possible for Michigan State. I mean, just took them out of field goal range a couple of times. It would be third and five, and they would get a holding call, so then it's third and 15. I mean, it just changed the game for them, and I really tip my hat to Herm Edwards and that coaching staff. All jokes aside, they coached a great game. They had a great game plan going in. And there's a reason why Kevin and I keep saying that ASU has the best special teams in the nation. It's crazy. Do you see uh, Zendejas this past week got a scholarship? Deservingly so. Hasn't missed yeah. a kick. And the ju- uh, this is a crazy stat. Matt Coughlin, the junior kicker for Michigan State, was 7-for-7 seven seven kicking for Michigan State. And 3-for-3 three three from 40 to 49 yards out. I mean, rattled him. We rattled him in his own stadium. You see the Sun Devils walk in and get rattled. And I saw a big round of applause again. We're not going to do it because it gets a little loud on the mic, but big round of Actually, you know what? He deserves it. Yeah. Big round of applause to the traveling ASU fans because you guys were hyping up the receivers, the offense, the offensive line. They've been getting an earful from us. We know they're listening. And it's just a big I, thanks to all the fans who traveled out there. If we could have made it, we would have, but, you know, we can't, so we didn't. I kind of credit myself for the okay. offensive line playing well. All right, please explain more for the fans out there. You need some type of villain role in order to play well. Okay. You know, you need to have somebody to prove somebody wrong. And that was me. You know, they went out there, they're in the huddle. They're saying, hey, we got to prove that foster kid wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. That sounds pretty accurate to me. So, 
I'm not going to give you a round of applause for that. Those are very special. Whoa. We give those out to special teams, and the O-line deserved it. And, uh, yeah, this is the first show we're not going to really rip into the O-line. As, no, we're not. As subpar as they were, that was the best subpar performance I've ever seen. Against one of the top D-lines, too, in the nation. So let's not get that. All jokes aside, let's not – let's make sure that people know that mm-hmm. the O-line actually did play fantastic against this Michigan State uh, team because – they were That's top ten defense. defense. They, yeah, they're, they're very good defense. It's Big Ten defense. All every Big Ten defensive line is always huge, and they actually handle themselves very well. I would say there's three people on the Michigan State uh, Spartan defensive line that are going to the draft probably at least. Yeah. I mean they're a bunch of big guys, and they know how to tackle. And while we didn't have a great day throwing the ball, Daniels didn't get hurt, which is mm-hmm. huge. No picks again. No picks again. He wasn't didn't seem too rattled, and I think part of that definitely goes. To the O line, and he kept finding his boy Brandon Ayuk. Five receptions, Another sixty-four yards, but a huge catch on fourth and eight. Mm-hmm. The biggest catch, probably of well, by far, of Jan Daniels' career so far. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the catch. It was a little fade route. Ayuk got behind the receivers or the corners, excuse me. It's wide open, and Jane Daniels says, "Huh, I'm gonna fit this ball right in there if that's okay." And Ayuk said, "Yes, please." And he caught the ball and set up Eno Benjamin for a Watson touchdown. Yeah, and Kyle Williams finally came onto the scene this week after having two receptions and four receptions. He finally went up back up to six, uh, where he was steady last year, and it's good to see because for a while it looked like Ayuk was only was Daniel's only option, and that wasn't gonna last. So it was nice to see Kyle Williams back on the scene. And I think that goes a lot with just Daniel's growing as a quarterback overall, because he's starting to realize that he has some freak athletes out there in the wide receiver position. I mean, we have some of the fastest wide receiving core. We have probably the fastest overall wide receiving core in the nation. Again, not saying the best wide receiving core, so don't get all upset about that. I'm saying speed-wise, our receiving core is ridiculous. We're very fast, and that's exactly what Daniels needs. I think as the season goes on, he's just going to get more and more comfortable. I mean, he's, he's a ranked quarterback now, a starting ranked quarterback. So ASU's on the map, 3-0, top five defense. I can comfortably say that. And if the O-line keeps playing, I mean, we'll see. It's the Pac-12 rivalry game, so I can't see it not being a close one, which is why I warned everyone about that spread. Uh, but uh, you look at their quarterback, a senior out of El Paso, Steven Montez, uh, 827 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Pretty good stats, honestly. Uh, that's no Jaden Daniels, though. A true no. freshman this year so far has 728 yards, Three touchdowns, still zero interceptions on 47 for 77 throwing. So while we don't throw as much as they do, we rely on our defense. But I think this is going to be a great game for ASU's uh, offense because, as we were saying earlier, Boulder's defense kind of, for lack of a better word, isn't very very good. They would say they were mm-hmm. bad, yeah. Yeah, it would be a good game to see for offense really get in rhythm because they really haven't this year yet at all. For offense to get clicking and... Put some really good drives together, long drives together. That's what we haven't seen. We've seen like big plays and stuff, uh, but we've never seen like a eight minute drive or anything like that this year, which would be really nice to see. I would love to see like an eighty yard drive, nine play, eight minute long. You know, just something, something that looks like we know exactly what we're doing out there, and we have a plan. Because while we, like you were saying, we see spurts of just like. Jane Daniels for Heisman. <laughs> and we see spurts of just like, are you kidding me? We can't move against Sacramento State? Mm-hmm. So this is a defense where we should take advantage of. Uh, 
I'm praying that we put up some points because we have really yet to see that offense that we knew with Nikhil Harry. And as much as a lot of people were not a fan of Manny Wilkins, we did put up points with him. And I, I like Jane Daniels. I like that he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's very composed, but I want to see points. As consistent as the defense has been, the offense has been just as inconsistent. Uh, I mean, you see, again, you see spurts of greatness, but then you see lows of all lows, which looks like we're really good Division Two team almost. But then you see us playing like a top Division One team. So if we just find a steady balance, it'd be perfect. I'd like to see some, some a little more. We were con- uh, complimenting Herm about his play calling, about his coaching ability. But I want to see I want to see Jane Daniels run some out of the pocket stuff. Let's see like he's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He has a very similar play style for in college again, not saying the same skill level at all. So I just need to make that clear. But he has a very similar playing style. It's like a Russell Wilson where he's better outside of the pocket, he's better when he's moving. So I'd like to see some more of that. Like let's get Daniels out of the pocket. So we know we have a weak O-line. So while we can't use that to an advantage in any way, we can kind of adapt to it and get out of the pocket and I mean when he's out of the pocket, he can run. He's shifty. He's one of the shiftiest players I've ever seen in college football. I genuinely mean that. It's not even that he's fast. It's just he's elusive. Like, no one can get a wrap-up good tackle on him. He's either out of bounds or there's two people who are kind of just like barely bringing him down like as he's sliding because he's just slippery, for lack of a better word. He is hard to bring down, and I love I love watching him outside the pocket, and I want to see more of it. they got to watch the late hits on Daniels, though. I know it's yeah, there's a couple missed He keeps calls. getting hit late, and the refs aren't doing anything about it. Um, when he's going after slides, you keep him, and when he's fully exposed, to be quite honest, it's going to be kind of angry. But And I don't like you when you're angry, Kevin, so I really no, hope I that not changes. Not go. And I just, I pray the refs are listening to this as well, and hopefully they don't. I mean, hopefully they listen to Kevin, because I Kevin angry is just not a good sight. It's not. And, and they'll see it, too. They mess up, they'll see it. Because I'll be at the game. I'll be at the game on Saturday. I'll be right there next to you. And uh, we know all of Sun Devil Nation is going to be at the game. Yep. Make sure to get your tickets if you haven't already. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. And the more and more we go throughout the season, the more and more I genuinely think the Arizona State Sun Devils can be contenders in the Pac-12, for the mm-hmm. Pac-12 South at least. I mean, we're undefeated. And the Pac-12 schedule starting, so it's getting exciting here. Right, this is where this is where men are made, right here in the Pac-12. So we separate the boys from the men. Yeah, and I want to see some men. Mm-hmm. Big time. I want to see how Arizona State can play against these other teams in the Pac-12. I want to make sure they can compete. And I'm going to be very disappointed if we lose this game, genuinely. Because I think this is a team we should handle with ease. I mean, we're 70% favorite to win this game. Yeah, I mean, if we if we don't win this game, it would be eerily similar to last season. Where we beat Michigan State, we get ranked, and then lose to a San Diego State team that we should beat. We should beat this Colorado team. But I feel like we play up and down to our competition. In the two years that I've been here, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster. It's it's hard being an Arizona State Sun Devil fan. I love it with all my heart, but it is, I mean, there's the lowest of lows you feel sometimes, but there's also the highest of highs. And I just hope this is one of those moments where we play to at least the level of our competition. Even though we are a better, better team than Boulder, I just hope we played to our the I hope we just at least win. I mean, I'm not asking for a blowout here. It's going to be a 98 degree game. They're coming from They're coming from Colorado. It's definitely cold there at this time, but 
Corbin Nice there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a little Probably good football weather, but good yeah, football definitely, weather, not, yeah, definitely, definitely not 98. But we know how to handle the heat. Mm-hmm. And if Boulder, if you don't know how to handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. In this case, the kitchen is Tempe, baby. I just wanted to apologize earlier for uh, that awful joke. That wasn't very good, the whole kitchen thing. So on that note, we're going to just finish up talking about Boulder just because that wasn't good. We should be embarrassed. I am. I'm very embarrassed all of our fans out there. I just want to apologize. But honestly, ASU has some great things coming up. Besides from being a ranked football team, we got in the HBO, the new HBO show coming on. Yeah, with some big programs. So I know Penn State's in it, Florida's in it, and Washington State. We're one of four schools chosen. And it's basically a hard knocks. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with hard knocks. It just goes behind the scenes of different practices. And it's a hard knocks for college teams. And we're lucky enough to be a part of it. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons they probably chose Arizona State is because of Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce. Uh, there are a lot of big names on the coaching roster. I think that's what they're really going after, just entertaining coaches. That's why I chose, I think, Washington State. Well, Mike Leach and, is a bad yeah, pirate. Penn State, James Franklin. Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting show. And very fun for the fans of Arizona State, especially. I think it's cool because I think it's going to bring us a lot closer to our team. Just because we're going to be right there with them every practice. We're going to be feel like we're going through the drills with them. Obviously not as hard because, you know, it's through the video. But it's going to be it's going to be awesome just to see exactly what Herm's like at practice. And the different things he can draw up. And I'm very excited to see it. It starts uh, next year, I want to say, right? Yeah, I think it's next because Hard Knocks is just training camp. So I'm not sure what they're doing for this one. I think it might just be like preseason workouts and whatnot. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see because you really connect with the players. When you watch Hard Knocks, you understand all the players. Like You get where all the players are coming from, and you connect with your team on a much more... It feels personal level, even though it's not, but you feel like you have more of a personal connection with your teams. Yeah, it's actually starting uh, in October, and it's a four-part documentary. So you guys should definitely check that out. It's on F, uh, HBO. I'm sure you guys have that channel. But, yeah, that's awesome. I'm Finally really proud it. of our school. Yeah, definitely. A bunch of different ways to stream nowadays. You guys know that. But, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm blessed to say that ASU is one of the school, one of the top four schools in the nation that people want to hear about. Yeah, that's what Herm does. You know, it brings different culture here. I mean, think about it. We have three NFL I mean, Marvin Lewis, and head NFL coach for the Bengals. Herm Edwards was a player, and he was a coach, correct? In the player, NFL? coach, and a big name on as an analyst. Yeah, and then um, our linebackers coach. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce. He was on ESPN for a while, too, after his NFL career. Yeah, so big names. Big things for ASU, just all around the board. And, oh, man, once basketball season starts, mm. that's when that's when stuff gets real. So the boys get roll on right there on the basketball team. I can't wait, and. That's all we got for you guys for this yeah. week. It was um, a fun one. It was a fun one. We finally got to talk something super positive. We weren't so negative towards O-line, which is good. I'm a little worried that I wasn't so negative. They might not play as hard today. Maybe we should be week. harder on them. But, but they earned yeah. it. They earned the week off from us, so we'll give it to them. So we'll see you guys next week. Uh, as always, go Sun Devils, and hopefully we come out 4-0 and more positive things to say next week. Yeah, works out.